Hello everyone and welcome to Disaster Pieces. My name is Dev Solovey. And I'm Cy Metz. And this is the podcast where we discuss the good, bad, and mostly bad of weird literature, dramatic readings included. I am so excited for this piece. It's something that came before the internet. Uh, it's well known in sci-fi and fantasy writing circles. It's called the Eye of Argon. Oh my Christ <laughs> on high. Uh, I knew, See, I knew eventually it would come around to this when we started it up, started uh-huh. this show up, but I, I did not realize the Sword of Damocles would drop so quickly. Uh, yes, yes. So I wanted to go into the Ar- Eye of Argon, but I wanted to play... Um, a little game with it and we'll we'll go into that in a little bit but i want to talk about the history of this piece first so this was published in a fanzine for i believe it was ozark science fiction association uh in 1970 it was written and never edited by a 16 year old guy king shit if you ask me <laughs> yeah and that's one of the things that jim theus the author says you know because he was aware that people started kind of making fun of this um, that's one of the things he says is like, yeah, it's not great, but also like how many people get published at the age of 16 and have such a wide impact. So, you know, there, there's a dark side and a light side. The fascinating thing about the Eye of Argon to me is that he manages to find the ugliest combination of words possible uh, just in anything. Um, his uses of the word thrusting and plunging and things like that, they just, <laughs> in all the wrong places, uses the, the word slut as like an insult that it, that is not what you normally <laughs> use that word for. So um, I wanted to play a game with you, and it, it, it's a game that got started in sci-fi writing circles. It's probably best described by the person who did this compilation of the Eye of Argon, so I'll go into the rules. Uh, the rules are simple, but are subject to change without notice, rhyme, or reason. The readers gather. One player is designated the proofreader. One proofreader may serve for the entire game, but it's more fun if everybody takes turns at this job. There should be at least two identical copies of the text, one for the person reading out loud and one for the proofreader who reads along silently. Each player in turn reads the text aloud, precisely as written, and continues reading until he or she veers from the text or bursts out laughing. The ruling of the proofreader is final, subject to being shouted down by the group. When the text contains a typographical error, i.e. swiveled instead of swiveled, the reader must read the word as written, not the correct word. In the case of a word that cannot be pronounced or has no self-evident pronunciation under the usual rules of English, a good faith effort will be accepted. So on and so forth. So no scores kept, there are no winners. See, this seems like something like the cinnamon challenge where you read it and you're like, oh, this is easy, I bet you I can do it. And, and immediately you're just fucking puking. What we're going to do, since there's only two of us, is we're going to kind of switch off. So why don't we start where you're the proofreader and I'm reading it aloud. And once I fuck up, we switch. And we keep doing that. Can we go over what the proofreader's role is one more time? You read along silently. And if I fuck up, you call it out. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. Yes. We're going to go into, we're just going to do the last five pages of this um, piece. (laughs) because it gets really just quite bad. Some tips going along the way. This story is more or less uh, a novelization of a B-grade 80s movie about a barbarian. Like, that's how it reads. Mm-hmm. So read it and read the dialogue as though it were such. Bad acting, it, it makes it all the better. Um, right. 
when he describes uh, like motions, you can get like really, really over enunciate your words because these are possibly the ugliest combinations of words. <laughs> Makes it better when you over enunciate it. So I'll start with reading seven and a half here. A sweeping scimitar swung towards Grigner's head in sh- a shadowed blur. Uh, uh, yeah, that, I that's it up. technically, that's a fuck up. <laughs> right, See? already. See, what I tell you, we're cinema challenging. <laughs> so is it, is, does the person after have to start from the beginning of the sentence? No, you start from where I left okay. off. In a shadowed blurred of motion. Fuck up. Oh. <laughs> blurred? No. <laughs> already it's hard. Yeah. Um, blur wow. of motion. With axe raised over his head, Grigner prepared to parry the blow, while gaping widied in open-mouthed perplexity. Suddenly, a sharp snap resounded behind the frothing shaman. The scimitar, halfway through its fatal sweep, dropped from a quivering, nerveless hand. <laughs> yeah. This is already getting hard. Okay, yep. continue. That cat, that cat. Clattering harmlessly to the Stone Age, cutting his screech short with a bubbling, red-mouthed gurgle, the lacerated acolyte staggered under the pressure of the least... Mm, that's a trip up. I'm calling myself on that. The least... <laughs> staggered under the pressure of the released springboard. After a moment of hopeless struggling, the shaman buckled, sprawling face down in a widening pool of blood and entrails. Okay, sorry. Okay, just to, to note, blood is B-L-L-O-D. Yeah, oof, oof. It, it might as well have been B-L-O-M-L-O-D. His regal purple robe blending enhancingly with the swirling streams of crimson. Merrific! I thought I had killed the last of those dogs, muttered Grignir in a half-apathetic state. May Grignir... Nah, damn yeah. it. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't help that this particular type font is is like a magic eye, eye painting. Like, So this is the original type font that it was in when it was published, or closest approximation of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. That makes it especially harder to... Re- this is not a very readable... No, it's not. ...font, even uh, for, like, self-published scenery. Can we talk about how the periods are, like, half the size of the O's? Yeah, yeah, and any kind of punctuation. Not only that, but this uh, the fact that this is all white is not even necessarily accurate because the original publication was different uh, colors of paper. So it gets worse. Nay, Grigner, you doubtless grew careless while giving vent to your lusts. By what direction shall we pursue our flight? Up that stair and down the corridor a short distance is the concealed entrance to a tunnel seldom used by others than the prince, and known to few others save the palace's royalty. It is used mainly by the prince when he wishes to take leave of the palace in secret. It is not always in the prince's best interests to leave his chateau in public view. It's like it's like she's reading fucking Clift's notes about yeah. like what the the setting is like. She has written a local news article about yeah. <laughs> the setting is like even while under heavy guard he is often assaulted by hurtling stones and rotting fruits. The commoners have little love for him. Lectured the Nair lady? Lectured <laughs> the Nair lady. Yeah, I would feel like she's lecturing me too if she was like 
Okay, so here's the thing about this fucking corridor. It is used mainly by the prince where he uses the pink leaf of the prince for the palace of secret. It is always the prince's best interest. I know, and like yeah. the other problem with this is that she's telling it all instead of showing it. Yeah. Like the, the main faux pas, the worst faux pas you can do. So so maybe he's actually a genius, the lectured. Yeah. He's, he seems to be aware of the tone. It's, it's intentional. He realizes like this is an info dump. Perhaps I can weave it into her character. <laughs> yeah. She's and, a lecturing nair lady. I know, and oh boy does she do that. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing that they would ever have left a pig like him become their ruler. I should imagine that his people would rise up and crucify him like the dog he is. Alas, Grigner, it is not as simple as all that. His soldiers are well paid by him. So long as he keeps their wages up, they will carry out his damned wishes. The crude implements of the common folk would never stand up under an onslaught of forged blades and protective armor. They would be going to their own slaughter, stated Carthina to a confused but angered Grigner as they topped the I don't terror. get it! I don't get it! They're bad guys? They do stuff because someone pays them? They do bad stuff? But you're not supposed to do bad- Oh, I'm mad. I'm- I, I don't get it and I am mad. I am- I am Grigner. <laughs> I fucked up. It's your turn. <laughs> Yet how can they bear to live under such oppression? I would sooner die beneath the sword than live under such a dog's command, added Grigner, as the pair stalked down the hall in the direction opposite that in which Grigner had come. <laughs> but all men are not of the same mold that you are born of. They choose to live as they are so as to save their filthy necks from the chopping block. Returned Carthina in a disgusted tone as she cast an appy seed glance toward the stalwart figure at her side, whose left arm was wound dexterously about her slim waist, his slow waning torch casting their ah, image. Fuck up. Well. His slowly waning torch, oh, oh. casting their images and intermingling wisps as it dangled from his left hand. See, I was just imagining that, like, he's holding the torch, but, like, the flame just, like, moves slowly and he has to, like, move his head a little bit. Because <laughs> he's walking faster than the fire's catching up. See, once it like, says it's a dangling, magic bullshit. Once it says dangling, I imagined it, like, having a wrist strap, like a Wii yeah. remote, and he drops it and it just dangles. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, thank God I got this. A, bar a barbarian never leaves his hovel without a chain torch. <laughs> Again, it went from him being confused and angry to po pulling a few. You know what? I think that actually this guy is a visionary. There's, yeah, there's such a wide gamut of emotional nuance being portrayed mm -hmm. here. If uh -huh. you really actually pay attention to what he's writing, you know. It, it could be. It has the potential to be a good story if it just wasn't um, what it is. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, I'm fucking enraptured. I can't wait for him to kill this fucking guy. <laughs> Presently, Carthina came upon the panel, concealed amongst the other granite slabs and discernible only by the burned out cresset above it. As I pushed the cresset aside, pushed the panel inwards. Carthina motioned to the panel she was referring to, and twisted the cresset in a counterclockwise motion. Grigner braced his right shoulder against the walling, concentrating the force of his bulk against it. 
The slab gradually swung inward with a slight grating sound. Carthina stooped beneath Grigner's corded arms and crawled upon all fours into the passage beyond. Grigner followed after easing the slab back into place. Okay. Um, <laughs> Did you okay. have something to say? You look um, like you have something to say. <laughs> no, I was just thinking back to every shitty, like, turn-based, not turn-based, like, text-based adventure game ever made, mm-hmm. where, like, suddenly it's like, and there is a Maboblet. And, it, and there's no picture, so you're like, what the fuck is that? Am I supposed to know what that is? Yeah. You're like, look, Maboblet. What the fuck is a crescent? I know, I have no idea. Is it? I'm imagining, like, it's like a crescent-shaped thing that they pull to... Maybe, I, and that's the thing. Uh, one, one sci-fi writer described this as the, the writer has an incredible knack for choosing the wrong word and then misapplying it. Yeah. Which is pretty much kind of what we're reading here. In my mind's eye, they, there, there was just like a floating white orb that is crescent. <laughs> yeah. That they're maneuvering around like a sci-fi fucking Star Trek <laughs> VR game. Yeah, pretty Unlocking much. Unlocking a secret passage. Uh, but, makes... Or like that missing texture that you get from the fucking like source yeah. filmmaker. Winding before the pair was a dark, musty tunnel, exhibiting tangled spiderwebs from its ceiling to wall and an oozing, sickly slime running lazily upon its floor. Huh. You see what I mean, where he chooses the wrong word and then misapplies it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey. that, like that one Bo Burnham joke where he's like, me with my misunderstanding of adjectives, <laughs> her with her muscular teeth. <laughs> that's this entire that's, yeah that's the eye of argon pretty yeah. much probably. it feels like it's written in I, I feel like if i read a sentence out loud slowly enough i'm gonna get fucking triggered and <laughs> so become like a sleeper agent <laughs> hanging from the chipped wall upon grignur's right side was a half moldered corpse its gray flacking arms held in place by rusted iron manacles Carthina flinched back into Grigner's arms at sight of the leering set in an ugly, distorted grimace, staring horribly at her from hollow, gaping sockets. That is a weird way to describe a corpse. I'm I'm gonna try and blast through this. Okay. This alcove must also be used by Agafim as a torture chamber. I wonder how many of his enemies have disappeared into these haunts, never to be heard from again pondered the hulking brute. You know those haunts. <laughs> they used to hang out in these torture chambers, but ever since this fucker rolled in and started actually killing people in them. I know. Let us flee before we are also caught within Agafim's ghastly clutches. The exit from this tunnel cannot be very far from here, said Carthina with a slight sob to her voice as she sagged in Grigner's encompassing embrace. That's... <laughs> 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 it's gonna and have it, to it's be. impossible for me to do the fake giving a credit bit. That is that is a bizarre way to describe something I'm not sure is supposed to be happening. I fucked up, it's your turn. <laughs> I it will be best to be finished with this corridor as soon as it is possible. But why do you flinch from the side of death so? Murphy <laughs> You have seen much death this day without exhibiting such emotions, exclaimed Grigner as he led her trembling form along the dingy confines. As he led her trembling form along the dingy confines. Just... Again. It's it's, it's an alien. Yeah. Uh, the man hanging from the wall was Doyanta, 
He had committed the folly of showing affections for me in front of Agafim. This is Carthina's line, by the way. Oh. He never meant any harm by his actions. <laughs> At this, Carthina broke into a slow, steady whimpering, chalking her voice with gasping sobs. There was never anything between us, yet Agafim did this to him. The beast made the demons of hell's deepest haunts claw away at his wretched flesh for this merciless act. She prayed. I detect that you felt more for this fellow than you wish to let on. But enough of this. We can talk much of matters after we are... Fuck up, sorry. Fuck. <laughs> talk of such matters. Fuck. <laughs> But enough of this. We can talk of such matters after we are once more free to do so. With this... <laughs> okay, alright. It's like, hey, we, we can play basketball when we got time to play basketball. I fucked up already. <laughs> With this, Grignier lifted the grieved female to her feet and strode onward down the corridor, supporting the bulk of her weight with his surging left arm. Presently, a dim light was perceptibly flittering into the tunnel. Uh, filtering. Oh. <laughs> Presently, a dim light was perceptibly filtering into the tunnel, casting a dim reddish hue upon the moldy wall of the passage's grim confines. Carthina had ceased her whimpering and partially regained her composure. The tunnel's end must be nearing. Rays of sunlight are beginning to seep into... Grigner clamied his right hand over Carthina. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like the name of a particularly weird looking Pokemon. Yeah, to for for the listener's knowledge, it's uh, from what we can tell, it's supposed to say clammed, but it's spelled C L A M E E D, which is just horrible. Anyway. <laughs> Here go. Grignir clamied his right hand over Carthina's mouth and with a slight struggle pulled her over to the shadows at the right hand wall of the path. Oh, that's a comma. Jesus Christ. Okay. While at the same time thrusting this torch beneath an overhanging stone to smother its flickering rays. Be silent. I can hear footfalls approaching through the tunnel, growled Grignir in a hushed tone. All that you hear are the horses corralled at the far end of the tunnel. That is a further sign that we are nearing our goal. She stated! Exclamation point. All that you hear is less than I hear. I heard footsteps coming towards us. Silence ourselves that we may find uh, out... Silence yourself. Uh, <laughs> wow. Sorry. I, I just... It, it's like you said, oh, it's a cinnamon it in, challenge. It gets in your brain. It's it does. Like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> Silence yourself that we may find out whom we are being brought into contact with. I doubt that any would have thought as yet of searching this passage for us. The advantage of surprise will be upon our side, Grigner warned. Who has ever said it like that? No one. No Except one. for Jim Theus, you apparently. Think he's just like, man, this sounds cliche. I'm gonna spice it up. How the fuck am I gonna make this original? I know. I'm gonna put my own voice on it. Carthina cast her eyes downward and ceased any further pursuit towards conversation. An irritating habit which she had gained an amazing proficiency. 
Two figures came into the pair's view from around a turn in the tunnel. They were clothed in rich, luxuriant silks and rambling oh-on in conversation while ignorant of their crouching foes waiting in an ambush ahead. That barbarian dog is cringing beneath the weight of the lash at this very moment, sire. He shall cause no more disturbance. Aye, and so it is with any who dare to cross the path of Sargon's chosen one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sargon's like, chosen one. What, to go on stream and read articles badly? I know, that's what I what, thought to of lose, to lose an election the worst that the British has, have ever lost an election? <laughs> to, to go online and complain about our Anita Sarkeesian, like... Oh god, I can't, yeah, it's, yeah. I fucked up, it's your go. But the peasants are showing signs of growing unrest. They complain that they cannot fear their fam- Feet. <laughs> but the peasants are showing signs of growing unrest. They complain that they cannot feed their families. <laughs> See, this is why we need to make it. Okay. But the peasants are showing signs of growing unrest. They complain that they cannot feed their families while burdened with your taxes. Okay, Tristan. <laughs> I, I caused that. I'm going to let you continue. No, go for it. Because <laughs> you need to read this next line. It's incredible. Okay. I shall teach those sluts. <laughs> I shall teach those sluts the meaning of humility. Order an immediate increase upon their taxes. Dude's just inventing Findom, honestly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna punish those little whores. They're gonna have to pay me so much, and it's gonna make their dicks so hard. <laughs> you see what I mean when I say he uses the word sluts, like, so weirdly. <laughs> I'm still, hey, I'm still gonna die on the hill, weirdly, but not incorrectly. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. I shall teach those sluts the meaning of humility. Order an immediate increase upon their taxes. They dare to question my sovereign authority. Ha-ah! They shall soon learn what true oppression can be. I will... A shadowed bulk leapt from behind a jutting promontory as it brought down a double-edged axe with the sped of a striking thought. Hold on. Okay, this is another one where I'm like, what the fuck is he trying to say? What the fuck is a promontory? I have no idea. The promontory behind a jutting promontory. Promontory. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck that's supposed to be. I have no idea. See, yeah. it's another smooth sphere. Hold on. Let me let me Google this. Define promontory. Point of high land that juts out into a large body of water or headland. See, this is where I get in trouble a lot, or where there's just, like, a real word, and I'm like, that's not, that's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he given used that, the... He actually used that correctly. He did, That's but a real word he used properly. Given the context, I think yeah. it's okay to make that mistake. <laughs> like, yeah. I think in this specific circumstance. Um, okay. The sped of a striking thought. One of the nobles sagged lifeless to the ground, skull split to the teeth. Grigner gasped as he observed the bisected face set in its leering death agonies. It was a gaffend. 
The dead man's comrade, having recovered from his shock, drew a jewel-encrusted dagger from beneath the folds of his robe and lunged toward the barbarian's back. Grigner spun at the sound from behind and smashed down his crimsoned axe once more. His antagonist lunged, howling, to a stream of stagnant green water, grasping a spouting stump that had once been a wrist. What? I think they're trying to say that he's a goo creature. <laughs> oh, we'll get is... to the goo creature. Uh, oh, so he's foreshadowing the goo creature. Perhaps, perhaps. You know, it's it's like when, when Ripley shoots the alien and there's like, the, the blood is acid. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I, I will... Um, but, but why is the one guy just like, he, he gets his skull cut in half and it's just regular blood, bleeding blood. But I this guy's got... Got the sickly green. I guess he's just especially evil. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's one thing I, I did. He hasn't forget. had his uh, his humors balanced yet. I did forget to bring this up in the beginning. So the ending of and the reason why I wanted to do the ending the ending of the Eye of Argon was lost for a very long time, and they recently found it, and it's in this document. So that's why we're reading the ending. But so far we haven't gotten to that part just just yet. Grigner raised his axe over his head and prepared to finish the incomplete job, but was deterred halfway through his lunge by a frenzied screech from behind. Carthina leapt to the head of the writhing figure, plunging a smoldering torch into the agonized face. The howls increased in their horrid intensity, stifled by the sizzling of roasting flesh, then died down until the man was reduced to a blubbering mass of squirming, insensate flesh. You see what I mean when I say it's the ugliest combination of words. I think I get what he's trying to say. I, I don't I, know that I want to. <laughs> I think he's trying to describe, like, that thing in Doom, right? Uh-huh. Where you, like, you shoot a demon, and then they didn't have the money for a death animation, so, like, on in one moment, it's guy standing up just got shot, next moment, pile of guts with some ribs jutting out. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Grigner advanced to Carthena's side, wincing slightly from the putrid aroma of charred flesh, that rose in a puff of thick white smog throughout the chamber. Carthina reeled slightly, staring dazedly downward at her gruesome handiwork. I had to do it. It was a gaffem. I had to, she exclaimed. Sargon should be more careful of his right-hand men. <laughs> okay. I can't not imagine Carl. Yeah. <laughs> I can't oh, imagine. wait. Wait, did, um... Wait, did an exciting climax thing just happen? Is that what that was supposed to be? Is, like, a big moment? I, I think it was a big moment for Athena. Or Carthena. I mean. Yeah. Because, like, Agathem, uh Yeah, I was like, oh, that was Agatha. You, you would have thought that that would have been something they say before, not, like, afterwards. Which is weird, because at first it was Agathend, and the head just magically transformed into Agathem. I don't mm -hmm. know. They switched places. But regardless... That was supposed to be a big moment for Carthina because she was one of his concubines. Mm -hmm. Man, what a weird way to have that un, un, un yeah. girl, you know? But to hell with Sargon for now. The stench is becoming bothersome to me. With that, Grigner gasped, grasped, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to just let you continue because yeah, you haven't been reading as much, so I'm going to let you yeah, continue. Yeah, this, this is a bad game for me because I'm not great at uh, at language processing a lot of the times. With that, Grigner grasped Carthena around the waist, leading her around the bend in the cave and into the open. A ball of feral red was rising through the mists of the eastern horizon. 
dissipating the slinking shadows of the night, a coral stood before the pair, enclosing the two grazing mares. Grigner reached into a weighted-down leather pouch dangling at his side and drew forth the scintillant red emerald he had obtained from the bloated idol. Raising it toward the sun, he said, We shall do well with Bobble. Eh. <laughs> Carthena gaped at the gem, gasping in a terrified manner. The Eye of Argon! Oh, Kala! <laughs> at this, the gem gave off a blinding glow, then dribbled through Grigner's fingers in a slimy red ooze. Grigner stepped back, pushing Carthena behind him. The droplets of slime slowly converged into a pulsating, jelly-like mass. A single opening transfixed the blob formif-forminf into a leech-like maw. Then the hideous transgressor of nature flowed towards Grigner, a trail of greenish slime lingering behind it. A single gap puckered repeatedly. So, so it was red, but it's leaving behind green. Yeah, this it thing is... is nasty. The um the the next sentence is like truly one of the worst. So, then the hideous transgressor of nature flowed towards Grigner, a trail of greenish slime lingering behind it. The single gap puckered repeatedly, emitting a ghastly sucking sound. Grigner spread his legs into a battle stand. Mm. Yeah, he is. He about to see what that transgressor of nature can do. Uh, yep, it can apparently uh, suck quite well. Maybe the real eye of Argon was the sloppy toppy we made along the way. Oh, God. I, it's your turn. I, I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up so bad. I feel like this was, that was my fault, but... Uh... <laughs> no. Grigner spread his legs into a battle stance, stealing his quivering thews for a battle royale with a thing he knew not how to fight. Carthena wound her arms about her protector's neck, mumbling, Kill it! Kill it! While her entire body trembled. The thing was almost upon Grigner when he buried his axe into the gristly maw. You know what? That should have... It, it spelled gristly. So I'm just imagining he just ate a bunch of, like, shitty steaks, and he's, he's coming after him. <laughs> Furiously munching steaks, as he... <laughs> hey, you motherfucker! You motherfucker! You, you turned me into goop! I was pretty happy being a ruby! <laughs> it passed through the blob and clanged upon the ground. Grigner drew his axe back with a film of yellow-green slime clinging to the blade. The thing was seemingly unaffected. Then it started to sluice up his leg. Just gonna sluice right in there. <laughs> sluice right between his legs. Um, the hairs upon his nape stewed on end from the slimy feel of the thing's bully bulk. The nautis sucking sound became louder and great. <laughs> I'm just imagining this thing's like I can't. I can't ever since Dude, that one paragraph. Dude, his dick sucked so good. He's losing blood. I know. It's like ever since that one paragraph, I can't not all imagine the, this thing sucking all his dick. The, all the he's not getting vampire. He's all the blood is rushing to his dick because of how good this sloppy toppy is. <laughs> Pretty much. Are we gonna have to put a content warning on this? One? Uh, we might. <laughs> yeah. The nautis sucking sound became louder and Grigner felt the blood being drawn from his body. 
With each hiss of hideous pucker, the thing increased in size. Grigner shook his foot about madly in attempt in an attempt to dislodge the blob, but it clung like a leech, still feeding upon his rapidly draining life fluid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. It's just every sentence sounds like he's getting his dick sucked. And like, every even if he were it, even if he were it, life fluid is the worst way to describe blood. Like that's just oh, it sounds so it'd be, terrible. It'd be less bad if he said goo. His <laughs> life goo. His life goo. Oh god. He grasped with his hands, trying to rip it off, but only found his hands entangled in a sickly glue-like soft. <laughs> <laughs> every sentence is come. Every sentence is come. Like, Wouldn't you know what that sentence was come? <laughs> Oh man, I you <laughs> tears coming to my eyes. <laughs> it's your, it's your turn. Dude, I think we know why the ending got lost. Initially, the fucking pages were stuck together. No I one know. could fucking read it. <laughs> you can't just give me that next sentence, Dev. That's unfair. I couldn't read it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See. It's when slimy is spelt with the extra E in there. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's funny to me about this next sentence. The slimy thing continued its puckering, now having grown the size of Grigner's leg from its vampiric feast. How much cum does he have? Oh, he's got so... Do you know how much cum a barbarian has? A lot, apparently. The ruby-smelled barbarian cum, and it knew it had to feast. Grigner began to reel and stagger under the blob, his chalk-white face and faltering muscles attesting to the gigantic loss of blood. Carthena slipped from Grigner in a death-like faint, a morrow-chilling scream upon her red, rubish lips. In the final desperation, Grigner grasped the smoldering torch upon the ground and plunged it into the reeking maw of the travesty. I'm gonna call you on that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And plunged it into the reeking maw of the travesty. A shudder passed through the thing. Oh, sorry, did you have some? <laughs> I, I want to say, like, his last attempt is to attack it again, but with the only other thing. Yeah. It's just like, well, I've got two things. God, it would have been so funny if he had taken Carthena and just started hitting it with her, just flinging her it's around. Like, I'm losing a lot of blood. Carthena, meat shield. Well, well, she did just faint, so like yeah. she's probably useless for any other purpose. Yeah. A shudder passed through the thing. Grigner felt the blackness closing upon his eyes, but held on with the last ebb of his rapidly waning vitality. He could feel its grip lessening as a hideous gurgling sound erupted from the writhing maw. The jelly-like mass. Girl, you're supposed. To, girl, you're supposed to swallow. Did anyone? T- did anyone teach this leech that that it's polite to swallow? The jelly-like mass began to bubble like a vat of boiling tar as quavers passed up and down its entire form. With a sloshing plop, the thing fell to the ground, evaporating in a thick scarlet cloud until it retained its original size. It remained thus for a moment. And the puckered maw took the shape of a protruding red eyeball, the pupil of which seemed to unravel before it the tale of creation? 
What? <laughs> Fucking congratulations! You stuck a torch in a leech. You get the answer to existential ennui. <laughs> Behold the answer to existence. You stuck a torch in a cum leech. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 used a flashlight and then set it on fire. Congrats! You passed the puzzle. <laughs> How a shapeless mass slithered from the quagmires of the stigmatic pool of time, only to degenerate into a leprosy of avaricious lust. In that fleeting moment, the grim mystery of life was revealed before Grigner's ensnared gaze. The eyeball's glare turned to a sudden plea of mercy, a plea for the whole of humanity. Then the blob began to quiver with violent convulsions. The eyeball shattered into a thousand tiny fragments and evaporated in a curling wisp of scarlet mist. The very ground below the thing began to vibrate and swallow it up with a belch. The thing was gone forever. All that remained was a dark red blotch upon the face of the earth. Blotching things up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, what else is a blotch gonna do? Come on. <laughs> it's just gotta blotch things up. We're blotching it up! Alright, come on, you got the ending, let's Monday go. Monday night, we blotching. <laughs> Shaking his head, his shaggy mane to clear the jumbled fragments of his mind, Grigner tossed the limp female over his shoulder. Mounting one of disgrun the disgruntled mares and leading the other, the weary, scarred barbarian trooted slowly off into the horizon to become a tiny pinpoint and a filtered filled of swirling blue mists leaving the nobles soldiers and peasants to replace the missing monarch long leave the king and that is the ending wow. of the eye of argon wow yep. yes slay so we made it through how do you feel about the Eye of Argon? I feel... I feel like my capacity to be confused has uh, been expanded today. <laughs> I found new and interesting ways to not understand things. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's... I mean, like I said, it's just the worst choices of words. That I, I think the one where it really hit me exactly how bad it was... Added Grigner as the pair stalked down the hall in the direction opposite that in which Grigner had come. Like that, that's... yeah, that's the one, that one. I'm like, that is the weirdest way that you could just say they stalked down the hall in the opposite direction. Yeah, like that's all you had yeah. to say. That you could even just say like they walked. You could, yeah. They, they just, moved they, forward. They crept down the hall. Like you could say stuff yeah. like that, but instead he just does. It felt like they were tiptoeing. This going, guy yeah. was trying so hard to write a D&D &D lore book or a campaign or something yeah. and just, man. <laughs> and then this happened, and then this <coughs> happened, and then I misspelled this word, and then this happened. I know, it's like, like I said, it reads like a novelization of a B-grade 80s movie about a barbarian with yeah. the same level of quality and thought put into it. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like this kid did the most over-the-top creative writing assignment when he really was just supposed to write a six-paragraph book report about the novelization of Kroll. I, I, I don't even know if there's, like, a nugget of story in here. Like, I genuinely don't know. It's also, like, I... Because I... things are brought up after they're relevant. It's like they see a thing... And someone's like, the fuck is that? And they're like, well, you see. 
There's the the other problem with the Eye of Argon, and I did kind of avoid these parts, but it is deeply sexist. Uh, there's a scene where this um, Carthina gets straight up assaulted, uh, but the the lead up before that happens is quite funny because this like ugly priest tries to kiss her, and his mouth is so gross that she throws up in his face. Gross. <laughs> and, and then she kicks him, and the way he describes it is she kicks him between his testicles <laughs> right down the center just yeah of course the thing is sexist like correct me if i'm wrong didn't carthina end the story by screaming so loud she faints and then her limp body has to be carried off of uh, yeah. out of uh, out of sight Oh yeah, and the whole she time she ends the story unconscious. I know, and the whole time she's wearing a leather bikini too. I mean, that she's first introduced as a prostitute, like as uh, calls her like a tavern wench or something like that. Well, yeah, but he also might have just been trying to call her dumb. Yeah, I mean that's a part of it. Tables were clustered with groups of drunken thieves and cutthroats tossing dice or making love to willing prostitutes, which does also imply that they're just doing this out in the open in the middle of the bar, which I find quite funny. Yeah, I mean, that's how barbarians do. And, oh god, the way she hey, speaks. Hey, nothing, nothing better than whipping your dick out in front of the boys. Like, to give you an idea of how disgusting it is, she comes in, she's like, thou hast need to occupy your time, barbarian? And then his response is, only if something worth offering is within my reach. And then he just gropes her. Like... It is, like, and that's the reason I feel wow, okay. Wow, romantic. I know. That's the reason I feel okay dunking on this, is because yeah. it is just, like, deeply sexist. Like, I know it was written by a 16-year-old, but it yeah. was a 16-year-old incel. Some of these sentences read like riddles to me. Genuinely puzzling. The, yeah, and the, the history of the Eye of Argon is, it's quite fascinating. I would say it, it was, like, um kind of a my immortal level phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the way they found the ending to me was really interesting because they found it in a library in New Mexico, like the only copy uh, with the ending in it. I don't know if the beginning, like if there is a beginning that we don't have or if the one in this document is the beginning, I'm not sure. It doesn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's essentially people have been trying to find different portions of it from like old issues of the zine and reconstruct it and so far as we know much as is... how the new testament has is is cobbled together from uh, a region's worth of uh, folklore stories over the period of years so yeah. these scholars have also attempted to reconstruct this important tome yeah this this tome that's important for party games between sci-fi writers pretty much um which is the most important thing you can be <laughs> let's not kid ourselves here folks well i mean you know also like why close ourselves off why not have the bible be a fun party game <laughs> well for some people it is dev <laughs> that's true that is true what what is church if not the world's worst shortest party you have to go to every week because your your mom is friends with the host yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, and uh, by the way, the person who compiled this, they, they mentioned that they didn't include the colors of the paper, but they did uh, provide a chart with all of the colors in case you wanted to print it out that way, which I thought was very interesting. That's, that's awesome. That's a level of nerdiness that is unparalleled. Yeah, the cult following surrounding this piece is um, it's quite interesting. It's funny because it didn't also, like, it went under the radar for a long time until, like, a couple of very well-known sci-fi writers found it and traded it between each other. And that's how it kind of gained its notoriety. 
Jim Theus uh, himself is he's a complicated guy he was very flippant about it and he he did kind of get butt hurt about the reception for it but like you know like his bad attitude doesn't erase the fact that like he he also had like a storied life where he did other things he went into journalism he um he died from a heart condition at 48 in the year 2002 so yeah a complicated person like many of the authors that we will meet yeah. On, on our journey with this podcast, it, you know, complicated guy. It's it's a history that like I probably don't have time to get into, and there's not really even a Wikipedia page for him anyhow. But yeah, that is the Eye of Argon. Do you have any final thoughts? Long leave the king. Long leave the king. Well, thank you for listening to Disaster Peace Publishing House. Our music was provided by Aria. You can find her on Twitter at Tuglitch, and we will see you on the next episode. And don't forget, because I forget, every episode, what our catchphrase is. <laughs> that catchphrase is, don't read where you shit. <laughs> Good job, you got it.